It's really um, a privilege to be together with you guys this morning, like many mornings. What a privilege for us to come together in a rhythm, in a regularity, and um, allow the, the Word of Christ to be center, uh, center stage, center focus, and that all we would do would be, you know, as, as our great prayer, as a community of faith, is that all that we would do would be unto the glory of God, and all that we would do would be in, in a focused place for Him, and all that we do would be like uh, Matthew 6, 33 says, putting His kingdom first. And so it's a good, it's a good thing to come together and go through the rhythms of surrendering ourselves to the God who is good and who is true. If you're here and um, a friend brought you or you've come to check out what a, what a gathering of faith looks like, um, hi, <laughs> here we are. And particularly if you're here and you're like, I don't know where I stand with God. From, from reading the Word and in my spirit, I know where He stands with you. And he's always calling us to turn from our ways into his way. Uh, and he's always saying, my way is good, and my way is great, and my way is the way. And so if you're in that place, I just want to say extra special welcome. Um, and just be yourself in this moment, and maybe even take a little, what, what I like to call a little, a little risk, a little mental risk, a little mental gamble, and, and see if God will um, come through for you and uh, lead you to something great. So if you're here and that the God element is new, or maybe it's really old and it's in your past. Um, I'm believing that the Spirit of God, because I have high belief in God, is here right now. So His love is here, His peace is here, His joy, and even His challenge is here. And, he'll, and for some of you, it's going to be like a challenge in your heart. But God so adores you, and He wants you to come home. And if you are here and you are a believer in Christ, He wants to remind us of things. He wants us to not lose heart, he wants us to take heart. He wants us to stay the course. And he wants to remind us of who we are. Amen. So my prayer is that in the middle of all this talking, that, that we would be focused on what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us. God, directly to me. From the word, what are you trying to say to me? I'll leave the rest, but I want to hear what you want to say. Um, and so that's really cool. Oh, I had this pre-thought. And I've got to keep pre-thoughts short or I'll just keep going. I want to talk about... I want to talk to you, my friends, my family. Oh, it's just right there. Thanks, team down the back. Emily and Mary, you guys are incredible. I want to talk about being made to shine, and I'm going to talk from Luke 15, the prodigal son story, and I'm going to talk from a lot of Galatians, particularly Galatians 3. But here's my pre-thought, and I just, as I was writing this, and I was in the middle of it, I actually went back and put this in because I thought, what we do sometimes is we hear the word, and it seems absolutely impossible, which it is. And so we go, well, that's impossible, and I need to dumb this down to something I can achieve. I don't know if you've ever done that. I definitely have. And in my head, I've gone, oh, well, oh, well, like, I'm just going to, I can do that. I can't do this, but I can do that. And so when someone speaks from the word, so much of the Bible is like, you, like if you're like me, you look at it wide-eyed, like, if I don't have God doing a miracle in me daily— there is no way I can obey him, I can love him, I can walk with him. Now, thank be to the grace of God, thanks to the, to the goodness of God and the generosity of God that we can be in his grace. But here's my pre-thought. If you're like me and you find there is a, a tension between 
God says this, but I feel or know or have experienced this. And I feel we could all own this. You know, God says this, I've, and I, because I want to talk from something that I hope gives you this feeling. It's not a nice feeling, <laughs> but it's good. Nice and good are two different things. It's another story. We cannot dictate God from our reality. We must see our reality from God. There is a difference between the commands of God and the tradition of man. So come with me as we seek to live beyond our capacity, as we, as, as we live spirit lives, the impossible life, the I can't do it life, the every time I read this, I, I, I'm not enough in my own self. And I feel that, and it, and it concerns me. And if you're like me, you feel that. And here's what I want to say. If you feel this tension today, and if you feel it as you read your word throughout the week, or maybe you've just felt it recently, or maybe you constantly live with this, own the tension. It's not deny it. It's right there. Yes, there's a tension. Here's my life. Here's what God says. I feel this tension. And then use the tension as a prayer to live in grace, not a wall between you and God. Because what I've seen many times in myself and with others is we use it as a wall. I, I can't do this. I'm not enough. The Bible says to do that. I couldn't possibly so. Here's a separation, separation point between me and God. So don't, when you feel that uncomfortable feeling, I guess I, I encourage you not to use it as a wall, and you can encourage me because I'll need it too, not, that we would not use it as a wall between us and God, but as a prayer, as a ladder, as a rope, as a connecting point. Oh my gosh, I wake up today and I can't do this. I need to pray. I need to seek. I need to be full of the Spirit. I need God to do a miracle in my heart and mind, moment by moment, day by day. Let the word lead us into deeper relationship with God. Let it convict the flesh in us. And let it, let it remind us of the spirit in us. Is that cool? So Luke 15, 22 to 32. This is where I'm going to focus in. So this is the end of the story. I'll say the end and then we'll go back to the start of the story. Many of you will know the prodigal son story. Some of you may not. And I don't want to assume you do. So I want to talk. The end. So I'm going to say the end and I'm going to come back to the end. So Luke 15 verses 22, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the field. When he, heard, when he came near to the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered to his father, look, all these years, I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So I'm going to go back to this bit. Here we go. So prodigal son story in 30 seconds. There is maybe 49. There is a father. 
he has two sons. One of them says, I want my inheritance early. So normally I get it when you die, but I want it now. You're a rich man. You've got a lot. I want my inheritance early. Um, it's a sign of dishonor, disgrace, and uh, I trust myself with, with this more than I trust you with it. I, I want my inheritance. I want to do whatever I want. So he leaves in disgrace and thought he knew better. He goes off separated from his father because he's walked away from him, his decision, and wastes everything. Just absolutely bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Then he has this moment in an awful scenario where he's fighting with a pig for pig food and he comes to his senses. He's a moment that goes, man, even being a servant or slave in my father's house is better than what I'm doing right now, being my own man. So instead of being my own man, I'm going to go back to my father and he, and he begins to rehearse this thing because he's a, what well, you could assume, he begins to rehearse it because he thinks his father won't take him back. That's my assumption. I'll read into that. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but potentially he goes, I'm going to rehearse this story. If I was him, I for sure would have thought, man, if I've said this and done this to my family, I would come back with a rehearsed story too, um, with trepidation. Regardless of the, was, whether that was the thought or not, he does come to his senses. And he, and he goes, begins to go back to his father's house. And his thought is, hey, you know what? I don't deserve to be a son. I've proven that. And I've separated myself from you. But if I could just come back and be a servant, just a servant, that would be fine. More than I deserve already. And then he walks towards home. And then the father sees him from far off, picks up his robes, and runs out to meet him, which is, I don't know about you, but every time I read that in the Word, and every time I think about that, and every time I begin to see myself in the, the first uh, man's shoes, and see God in the father's shoes, I just, like, it's so meaningful to me that, that, that God comes to run out, that the father came from far off. Before the son could explain himself, before the son could tell the rehearsed story he had, before he could justify or even ask or even say anything, the father runs and embraces him. And isn't that the heart of our father God? And then the son begins to tell his rehearsed story. And as he's talking... The father said to his servants, and this is where we are in the story, quick, bring the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Uh, I don't want that. We're going to go here. Okay. So, for many of us, we've seen this. I don't have a new thought, but I do feel that uh, as I read through uh, his word and as I am in communion, connection with the Holy Spirit, uh, that God has a word to us about, about shining, about being the people we're called to be, about living in the shine of who we're called to be, about trusting him when he says, you are the light of the world. About trusting him when he says you are dead to your sin. You can't actually go back to a life that you've already crucified. Now, obviously, when, and this was the message from last week, you can't go back to your dead body. 
your body of flesh, your body of sin, your body from your own way. It's dead. You can't go back. It's almost like people that want to go back. It's like you do realize you've already made your choice. Now live in the Spirit. You've already made your choice. Now live in the Spirit. And Galatians, you know, one of the biggest themes there is you started so well. You started in Spirit. You started in relationship. You started in the Spirit of Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you went into trying to do it yourself. And it's a reminder to believers to stay the course. And there is a reminder for this morning for us to stay the course. Because there's one thing, and there's also a reminder to unbelievers that you can come home whenever you want. And when I say that, I mean home in the Father's love. Home in Jesus Christ. Home in into faith in Jesus Christ. Home into the life you were designed for. Now, that is one of those key themes we see in this, in this passage. We go, yeah, prodigal coming home, coming to my senses. But what? Imagine how the son, after this day, had to act. So he's come ready to be a servant because he knows. He knows what he did to his dad. His dad, almost ignoring him, and more ignoring what he says, goes, get the robe. So he's talking to his dad, and his dad's talking over his head to his servants. Uh, just get the robe, and we need the ring, and we need the sandals. My son, he doesn't give him a chance. My son, who was dead, is alive, who was lost, is found. What does it mean to live found, to live alive? And do we often, as Galatians, Paul said in Galatians, lose course and begin to do it by ourselves? I pray and hope that you and I live impossible lives that we couldn't possibly dare do without God. Lives where we are so aware of our need to rely on the grace of God and the Spirit of God. And because we're so aware, because that tension I was talking about earlier is so prominent in our lives, I pray you have more tension in your life. I'm just going to declare that over, over this. Because, because in that tension, we begin to contend. We begin to recognize, oh, you know what, I'm being timid. But, but, but Timothy says, Paul says to Timothy, no, no, it's not the spirit that you were given. You've got the spirit of power, love, and self-control. Would we contend? Would we have tension? And would we contend with one another? Would we call each other as believers to a high place in God, to the spirit life? Hey, you know what? It's almost like weeks after he got the robe, the ring, and the sandals, his mindset was still, you, know, you can imagine, because we experience this, and we, and, and, and we hear about it with the tension between spirit and flesh, that his mind would bounce between, oh, I've got the robe, oh, but I don't deserve this, oh, I've got the ring, but I can't make a decision, oh, I've got the sandals, but I really shouldn't have these sandals, I should, you can imagine, do you know why I know that? You, we see it in the word, that spirit is contending with the flesh, we see it in life. Oh, here's, oh, I'll buy your coffee. No, 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 don't. I'll buy. Oh, no, I'll buy. Oh, no, 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 don't. Oh, no, no. What? Just accept it. We can't accept anything. <laughs> but his grace, and, and, and his grace most of all. So we could call ourselves Christian by tradition. And I want to put a little bit of sneaky in this. For some of us, we should really uh, open our hearts up to God, particularly thus, those of us who feel like we've been called, we've just grown up Christian. If you answer to, when did you come to Christ? I just grew up a Christian. Cool, but contend in your heart that you aren't just living by man-made tradition. 
and have actually lost the spirit. Do you know, if you really want to do this, and I've said this before, and I'm talking to believers, ask someone, hey, how, when you see my life, what do you see? <laughs> if you don't have someone you trust that you can say that to, I would potentially say that you, you are not in the church the way God called you to be in the church. If we have no trust with believers, are we connected? The, 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 the Bible has such heavy and hard language and strong language on the church, and, and we like to soften it out. Oh, if you just turn up, if you just sit next to someone, and that's why actually the call to greater devotion and the call to things like life groups, but, you know, and God's been challenging me, and there's something I'm sure is going to come out of our church in the next year. I feel it in me, and I feel it coming out, and I know that, you know, we're going to look back in a year and go, man, this looks very different. And the people around me look a bit different because we are called to devotion. And devotion doesn't happen in a moment. Jesus is not just a person. He's a journey. Or there's a journey to be had with this person. We don't just get saved. We then have to live like we have the robe, live like we have the ring, live like we have the sandals. But let's talk about that for a second. The best robe. Give him the robe. What does the Bible tell us about the robe? His righteousness. What does righteousness mean? It means I'm standing, if I'm standing on Christ's righteousness, it's who he is. I'm clean because he is clean. I'm not clean because I am enough. I'm clean because he is clean. Christ is our righteousness. Let's have a little look at Galatians, shall we? And I hope, just another little, little sticky little pointer. Something I'm learning is preaching is less about giving answers and more about giving questions. Would we contend? Would we be bothered? Would we, be, would we read our word? And would we find God in the midst of that? If you're like me, you, you're like, you get bothered. Well, recently it's happened even more. So I pray the Spirit lifts it up in you. I'm so bothered by things, I have to go to the Bible. <laughs> I'm kind of forced to. The tension's making me do it because I'm so bothered. And for me, it's like emotionally bothered. Like I get emotionally bothered. So I'm very emotional. And I get emotionally bothered. <laughs> you can't tell, I'm sure. <laughs> and so I'm like, I've got to get the word thing for this because my own way of doing this ain't working out. And I'm a, and as a Christian... Let's not assume we're living by the Spirit. Let's contend. Because I think if we're assuming it, and if the tension is gone, potentially the Spirit is too. And Galatians says this, you alienate yourself from Christ by trying to do it on your own. If you aren't close to believers, you're trying to do it on your own. If you haven't thought of God in a week, you're trying to do it on your own. If you're just living a life that feels like it, if, if God wasn't there, it still worked out, potentially you're doing it on your own. This is not about, oh, we've just got to be doing some real amazing, awesome business thing, maybe. But it could just be like, uh, if you're like me, you just need God to parent. You just need God to wake up. You just like go, I don't know how to do this. Let us say that more in Jesus' name. Let us say, I don't know how to do this much more. And let us find ourselves not in the swimming pool of our own design, but in the ocean of trusting God, where we just can't do it without God. Christ is our righteousness. Let's look. We gain access to the Father which is the one our hearts are designed for, good news, through the sacrifice of the Son. So Galatians 3, 26 to 27 says this. So in Christ Jesus, you are in him. So in Christ, if you believe in faith, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. So when the Father looks at you, he does not see what you see. He sees who Christ is. Just because we don't feel like it doesn't make it not true. Just because it bothers us doesn't make it not true. If you're like me, it bothers you because you're like, oh, yeah, I know me. 
fairly well, and I don't, I don't, you know, my kind of words, I do this kind of thing, I don't feel like it. Like, I feel like a monster, or I feel like an idiot, or I feel like I'm just not measuring up. But that, it's like Galatians, like Elijah, Spirit of God's Elijah, it's not the point. What, are you trying to do it by yourself again? Here's the thing. In Christ, I am clean. In Christ, I am pure. In Christ, I am enough. Because I don't stand here in my own accomplishments, morality, or goodness. I stand wearing the righteousness of Christ. So I stand here in his accomplishments, his morality, his goodness. And this is the result of beautiful, beautiful, undeserved grace. It is a weight off of my shoulders because it is a weight on his on the cross. It is the best news I've ever been told. It is pure and utter tantalizing freedom. So even when we're talking about praying before, right? And you can have this, you can have, and I believe peace. Do you, know, do you know the beginning of walking in peace is repentance? What is repentance? It's actually quite simple because we use the word, we get so like, it just becomes a Christian. We don't really think about it. It's just turning away from what I think's best and turning to what God thinks best. And if you say to me, like I've said to me, or I've said to others, oh, I don't know what God thinks best. I read the word and I pray till I find out. And I get around Christians and I contend with it. Just because it's a battle doesn't mean we give up. This is one of the lessons I'm teaching my kids. Come on, why, why are you giving up? You just tried it once. And you know, I know I believe in giving my kids empowerment and choices, but there is a time when they refuse to go up to, to the bunk because they can't get up the stairs. Will you close the door before they get out and you say, we're, we're here till you do it. We're here till you do it. Because you said, you made a choice. You said, I want to do this. So you've already made your choice. Now I'm going to honor your choice by holding you to it as you stand in front of the door and say, we're trying this all day. All day, son. We're trying it until you get it. And I think sometimes God does that with us. And would we do that with one another? I mean, this is like the most amazing news because you don't have to be it. The weight's not on your shoulders. Whenever you feel the weight on your shoulders, you've got to begin to ask myself, am I walking in my version of righteousness or in Christ's? Let that feeling lead you to the cross. If you ever feel not enough, great, awesome, same, join the club. Let's make a little club about it. That leads us to the cross. Let everything in life lead you to the cross. Let the pain lead you to the cross. Let the frustration lead you to the cross. Let the utter despair lead you to the cross. Let the, like, all my ones are just anger whenever I think of things that happen in my life, lead you to the cross. Let excitement lead you to the cross. Let the questions lead you to the cross. I'm always intrigued when people say things like, oh, I'm just, God's not my life because I have questions. I'm like, great, you have questions. Let them lead you to the cross. What was the message of, of James? Come near to God and he will come near to you. So sometimes I just wonder, are we just not willing to be humble? Let's not call ourselves stubborn. Let's call ourselves willpower. And let's, let's surrender that willpower. Let's use our willpower in the name of Jesus Christ to bow the knee to Jesus Christ. To remind ourselves that, that I don't want to be stubborn because that's my dead body. Ever tried to hug a dead body? Is that nice? Is that good? <laughs> How much time do we spend around cadavers? But sometimes in Christ, that's what we're doing in the spirit. <laughs> Trying to get back to the death. Ugh, yuck, it's disgusting. Yeah, you make me sick. No, it's just, I make me sick when we do that. It's almost like that's how intense the wordage is in this. Get away from the dead body that you had, walk in the spirit of life. Now, I hope we all know, I'll clarify, I'm talking to believers. If you're not a believer, God's just calling you home. 
Just call on your home. If you are a believer, let's contend together. So today, my question is, is my confidence in me or in Jesus, my ability or in his ability? Galatians 3, 5 to 6 says this. So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law, or are you believing with your, what you have heard? So did you get it from fulfilling the law yourself, or did you get it from believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Those with the robe of righteousness say, I am clean because of Christ. Not just the righteousness, but the ring. Oh, what, did we miss one? Was I just in the, <laughs> lol, we do have missed one. There's the ring, authority, I am a child of God. We weren't made to just hold on, although sometimes it feels like we do. We were made to take ground, to show up, to grow up, to shine as his kids. When the father gave his son the ring, he gave him ownership of the family business, a part in the decision-making, not just a place of service that the son was asking for, but a position of sonship. So we come asking for service, God gives us a position of sonship, a position we don't deserve and could not do, and are unable, we're unqualified. <laughs> but we aren't there by our own qualifications. You know, how, how entitled can humans get? You know, look at Facebook, look on social media, just talk to your friend, just like look in the mirror maybe. How entitled can we get? I deserve this, I deserve that. Thank God for his grace in which we stand completely undeserved, so we're just thanking him all the time. I'm thankful, I'm grateful, I'm thankful, I don't deserve this life. Galatians 4, 1 to 7 says this, what I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees and to the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery until the, to under the elemental spiritual forces of this world. But when, hear this out, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship, because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child, and since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Don't you just want to stop and praise him? I'm just talking to those with the spirit of God in them, because if you've got the spirit of God in you, you hear that and go, oh my gosh, what? I get that? I'm just talking to those with the Spirit of God, because I don't know who it is, but God does. So I'm just going to speak to those right now in this room that have the Spirit in them. The child and the slave lived the same until the time had come for the child to take the inheritance promise. So they lived the same, but they weren't the same. You may feel under it, but you're not under it. If you're in Christ, you're under nothing, except Christ, because you're in Him. We are controlled by nothing. Life doesn't control us. Fate doesn't control us. Sin doesn't control us. Let's take responsibility as children of light and walk in the promise. So when we talk like sin has got me, when we talk like fate just happened, do you know, I can't stand, oh, whatever God, whatever happens, God wills. Are you serious? It's such a cop-out. It's such, it's not God. He's into relationships. So we don't just stand from a distance and go, well, whatever God, whatever happens, if I punch you in the face right now, was that what God willed? <laughs> I'm not going to. Um, 
Not today. And it's most likely that one of you will punch me in the face. Let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> Let's take responsibility. If we're children of God, we take responsibility of that. Do you know why? No, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> not do you know why. I've already told you why. Um, so if you say I'm a believer, we, there's actually something about walking in that. And a, it's quite challenging if we feel like we're not. If we feel like we're barely surviving and we feel like we're underwater, we feel like we're suffocating. Like, I get it. We do have those feelings. And I'm not trying to say, oh, you can't feel that or you suck because you Actually, do you know what I would say to you? Like I say to myself, you, you do kind of suck because of that. That's why you need God. Like if you go, but do you, you realize that I'm not enough? Yeah, you aren't. <laughs> Neither am I. It's hard. Life's hard. But God is enough. And we just, sometimes we're just holding on. And that, but for the grace of God, we have different journeys and different seasons. And we've just got to know and let that lead us. When you feel like you're drowning, let it lead you to the cross. When you feel like you've got no ear, let it lead you to the cross. We take responsibility that we're children. Doesn't mean, doesn't actually mean external stuff as much as we think. That's up to God. It means the heart condition. It's a mindset you know someone has by the way they make decisions. Being a child of God, actually, it, it, this comes out. Being a child of God means we act like it. And in those times that we don't act like it, and I'll be the first to put my hand up there, we lean in, not away from his Holy Spirit. I think that avoiding God is rejecting God. So if you've been avoiding him, you've been rejecting him. Do you really want to play that game with God? If, if you're doing that to me, I'll talk to you about it. If I was doing that to you, I'd hope you talk to me about it and we can have a conversation because relationship is important. It's high priority. I'm always intrigued in churches why relationship seems to be the first thing to go. I don't agree, cut relationship. Oh my gosh, I don't agree with like lots of people. People don't agree with me. It's, let's not cut relationship. Let's contend with each other. I'm, seriously? Seriously? Like, just to be a little bit sassy, do you call yourself the body of Christ? Because like, if my finger hurts, I, my whole body knows it. That's us. There's a covenant bond that we're going to talk about a little bit later. And it's way more intense than you probably think. And I probably think. <laughs> that scares us, right? It scares me. It's good, though. We're doing it. I'm contending. Those with the ring know that they are a child of God. Can I get, um, can I get uh, the band up? That'd be great. So we've talked about the robe. We've talked about the ring. I want to talk a little bit about the sandals, the purpose of God. So the robe is the righteousness of God. Those with the robe say, I am clean. The ring is the authority of God. Those with the ring say, I am a child of God. The sandals are the purpose of God. Those with the sandals say, I am called by God. And Ephesians says this. It talks about putting on the firm armor of God. And, and 6.15 talks about, you know what I'm going to say, the sandals, right? And with your feet fitted. So there's like a list of the armor of God. The breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the Spirit. Here's the one I want to focus on. And your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You aren't ready if you aren't resting. Not only are we someone in Christ, we've got somewhere to be. And it's always about God's plan. 
because he's sovereign. And God's plan is always about his people because he's relational. So it's not so much about what I'm called to do. It's about who I'm called to and who is calling me. So let's not let calling become an idol in our lives. Let's not let passion become an idol in our lives. Let's not let our focus on, do I really fit? Do I really fit? Do I really fit? Maybe we just have to sacrifice that. Let it be a question. If you're like me, the question's not so much that, but, but my personal thing is more like, I'm all in, I'm all in, I'm all in. What if I get rejected? What if I get rejected? What if I get rejected? I'm all in for church. What if I get rejected? What if they don't like me? I can't live there though, because it's the flesh. That's the dead body. I can't live there. So it still goes around my head probably every day in my life, but I have to con- continue going, oh, that's right. Thanks for reminding me. I'm in the spirit. I don't, I don't, I don't deny the thought. I go, yep, I feel that, and I'm going to surrender it. You can't surrender what you, haven't den- what you have denied. If you don't own it, you can't surrender it. We do that sometimes. The Pentecostal church does that. I didn't really grow up in Pentecostal church, but that whole like, just declare it, just declare it. Let's just ignore it. Just ignore it. No, 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 no. Own it and surrender it. Own it and surrender it. Yeah, this is, oh, yeah. It's not about what I'm called to. It's about who I'm called to. Who are you called to? I'm not in this group of believers because um, I just thought this is nice. And the people that have become very good friends to me and people that I'm growing in friendship over and brotherhood and sisterhood over aren't those that I chose to be with. And I'm sure I'm not alone on this. But it's a great joy to know that God has put together and who God puts together should we not separate. Someone said to me, but what if you don't like what if you don't like that person? I said, it's just not the wrong question. You know, like, well, if you don't like them, you just get close. You learn to understand. You learn to humble yourself. You learn to bear with. It's, it's really good getting close to people you don't like because it pushes on your pride and selfishness. And it's good because that stuff's yuck. Do you really want more of it? Like, do I want really more of that in my life? No, thanks. So thank you, God, for the things that Give me near panic attacks with people because I will learn to trust you in them. Hey, if something gives you a panic attack, go, let it lead you to the cross. Hey? When we, real, when we align and realign our thinking to God's thinking, our actions follow because obedience starts at the heart. You're clean. You've got authority. What are you waiting for? Pray, be, talk, love, share, connect, shine, work. Matthew 5, 14 to 16 says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives life to everyone in the house. If you read these passages and you feel the weight of, I have to do this, then you, potentially you're working in your own righteousness. And the first thing you need to do and I need to do is go back to the cross. Let it lead you to the cross. I'm smiling because I've said it a million times. But sometimes we just let it be a wall instead of a prayer. Turn your walls into prayers, people. Turn your walls into prayers. Whatever feels like a wall, turn it into a prayer. Whatever feels like stumbling stone, turn it into a prayer. Whatever feels like it's in the way, turn it into the prayer. Whatever feels like a panic attack, turn it into a prayer. Whatever feels like anxiety, turn it into a prayer. Whatever feels like frustration, turn it into a prayer. Whatever feels like the worst possible thing, turn it into a prayer. Thank you, God, for things that I never wanted in my life. Because the process, the prayer brings a process. God is faithful to complete what He started. 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In Christ, my eyes, my eyes are on myself and my needs because I trust Him. I trust His ability to save me his ability to heal me, his ability to clean me and to grow me and to gift me and to save me. I trust that if he's placed me here and I don't know why I'm here, I trust him. Even when I don't understand it, I trust him when things I've asked for and felt so much like God didn't turn out the way I thought they did because he's put me here. I'm in this time and I'm in this place. I trust him when relationships feel hard and strained and difficult because he's put me here and he is trustworthy. He's got the best ability. I trust his ability. When I feel like a rotten sinner, I trust Him to heal me and to clean me. And I stop thinking like that because I let Him take care of me. I don't go into a burrow in a hole trying to sort myself out so I could come before God clean and pretty and sort it out. No, I come as I am. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, I can only be ready to love when I am rested in Christ. I wonder if we go out to love without being rested in Christ, whether it's love at all. And maybe just a sense of morality, a sense, a shadow of righteousness, an imitation of righteousness. I'm trying to sort this out, God. And we get angry. But God, I've been trying to sort this out. And God's like, are you serious? What have I been saying to you? Like every passage of every bit of the Bible. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. So in Christ, I'm at peace with God and I'm at peace with myself. And I'm at a constant state of readiness for what He wants me to do. And when I'm not at peace, I come back to the robe. God, clean me. The ring. God, who am I again? That's right, a child of God. And the sandals. Who am I here for, God? Show me who I'm here for. What's the word I've got to say? What's the prayer I've got to pray? What's the thing I've got to do? What's the food I've got to make? What's the, what is it, God? Who am I here for? In short, I can always come back to God because of grace. I have faith. Because of God's grace, I can have faith. Those with the sandals are looking and listening to God for others because they know they are called. So when we look at that and go, oh, that's just not my life, and you feel the jarring moment of that, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Come back to the cross. Realign. Here's a prayer we could pray. Believers of Christ, I realign myself to your ways, O God. They're true and good and life to me. And if you're unsure about your faith, you could pray this prayer. I turn from my own righteousness, my own ability, and I take on you, Jesus. I turn completely from my way because I have nothing to offer you. But I'll give you my heart anyway. I leave my life behind, I count it as dead, and I live a new life in Christ, a spirit life, not just a natural body life, not just a life that I can see in front of me, but a spirit life, a life of the invisible presence of God inhabits me. So how did this all start? The robe, the ring, the sandals, the son walked towards his dad's home. That's how it started. He came to his senses and he started back home. 
So when you feel like the robe slipped off you, the ring's lost in the couch and the sandals are in the wash, just go turn back home again because you might have found that you are, have veered off course. And I think there's no other explanation. To be honest, that it, you've just started walking away from it. That's okay. You, you know the Spirit's in you. You know you're a son of God. You've just forgotten for a bit. You know you're a son, a daughter. What did the son do? He walked towards his dad's home. That all, that's all he had to do, and everything began. He came to his senses, and he started back home. Walk towards home, and you'll walk towards him. And as a Christian, as a believer, in every season of my life and every day I've ever lived, that rings true. So aren't you lucky that this message has something for you? Because <laughs> even if you fell asleep up until this moment, you can say, okay, awesome. I still get an opportunity to walk towards him. And would we contend for one another? Hey, if you think you've gone off track. I'm not better than you, but let's walk this together. Maybe we could be a little bit more devoted by, by saying what, you know, like leaning in a bit, creating some relationship, and seeing what God does in the middle of that. Awesome. So I always want to say, if you don't know God and you uh, find yourself in this place of unsureness with God, I want to give you an opportunity to walk home in your heart, in your spirit, to go, yeah, I'm, I recognize my need for God and I walk home. It's a, it's a moment of turning away from old, counting it as death. You might not know what that is, but you just make a decision because you'll know in your heart you need it. And for some of you, it might just be a realigning, but for some of you, it's a moment. So what we're going to do real soon is uh, we're going to close our eyes. You're going to put your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. I'm unsure and I want to be sure. We'll pray a prayer together. We've got some care team people at the back that are super lovely and intuitive, and they'll give you a connect card and they'll let you, you know, if you don't want to fill it out, they'll be fine with that. But we just want to help you create journey. We don't want Christianity to be about a service. We want it to be about relationships and journeys, don't we? You come to something every week that doesn't make you friends. <laughs> doesn't make anything. It's just the catalyst for something. I love my Sunday mornings because hopefully they get us leaning into God when we've forgotten. So let's do this. Would you close your eyes across this room? If you're here and... Uh, you, you just feel unsure about your faith. You feel unsure about where you are with God. Um, this is a moment. Just say, yep, I, Elijah, pray with me. Um, would we pray together? Um, this is my response. I'm choosing to come home. I'm choosing to turn my heart towards God. I'm choosing to open my heart. You know, closed things can be opened again. Closed hearts can be opened again. So if that's you, would just raise your hand and say, yeah, Elijah, pray. Pray for me. I'd love to. I'm going to give you a moment. Just to, while everyone's got their eyes closed, we just raise your hand. See that hand over there. See anyone else that says, yeah, that's me. Pray for me. I'd love to, would love to do that. Awesome. You can put your hand down. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Why don't we open our eyes? We've got a prayer here. I'd love to pray. Why don't, if you've got some faith, uh, why don't you go for it? Can we move on to that prayer? Is that, is that there, guys? There we go. Thank you so much, team. Why don't we pray this together? Dear Jesus, thank you for creating me and for loving me even when I've gone my own way. I realize I need you in my life and I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again. I want to follow you from now on. Please come into my life 
and make me a new person. I accept your free gift of salvation. Please help me to grow as a Christian. Amen. Amazing. Thank you so much, Elijah.